Coming to you live on this Monday, Yudalit Sivan Tafshin Ayin Hay from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Masha <laughs> Something new is happening. Something new is happening here. It's a new edition of the Israel Show. Welcome one and all to uh, this edition of the Israel Show. We are heard each and every Monday live, almost always live, um, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM Eastern Time, 4 PM Israel Time. And I am hearing an echo in my headset. I don't know why, but we'll figure... Oh, I know why. Okay. I think I figured it out. Anyway, 
Welcome one and all. We're, uh, we had like a little bit of a two week sort of vacation. Uh, last week was, uh, in, uh, Chutzlaritz. We were punished with a second day of Shavuot, so we couldn't broadcast. And, um, the, the week before was Yom Yushalayim, so we had an amazing Yom Yushalayim show on JM and the AM and, uh, where I am very privileged to join Nachum Siegel every year, and uh, if you haven't heard the Yom Yerushalayim show, I would recommend that you go back to the archives at nachomsegel.com and look for the Yom Yerushalayim show. The The uh, secular date of that show was May 18th. Uh, one of the things that, that uh, there were a lot of amazing things, but uh, one of them was uh, the first time that we ever played certain uh, recordings that were live 48 years ago with the liberation of Yerushalayim. Every year we play what we call the kolot, the sounds of the liberation of Yerushalayim as recorded by a uh, Galait Sahal news person, newsman, who was with the troops, embedded with the troops, running with the troops. You heard the shouting, you hear the running, you hear the banging, you hear the explosions. And we've played that year after year, and we've gone afterwards, blowing the shofar, making kamal rachamim and all that. And it's always moving and always exciting, and Har Habayit Biyadeinu Motagur's statement, which <laughs> may not be so true anymore. Um... And just before the show, the day before the show, I discovered online a much longer recording, which included the parts that we've played, but had a, a, a piece before it, which was just fascinating. So, we didn't even get to play that whole thing, because we also had a wonderful guest in the studio of Yosef Ramon from the Gush, who's also now the Rosh Yeshiva of Mahon Lev, and he spoke beautifully about so many different topics, uh, including Rav Lichtenstein and others. Um, go, go, you got to go listen to it. That's all I can say. Go listen to it. And God willing, next year on Yom Yerushalayim, we'll play more from the uh, newly discovered audio. Later on in the show, we are going to uh, go back a year ago. It's amazing. It's a year since the kidnapping and murder of what they call in Israel Shloshet Tanarim. I, I don't like that. Um, don't like that phrase Shloshet Tanarim. Naftali Gilad and Ayal. Wow, a year ago. And uh, we will take a look back. We'll hear some of the sounds from then. We'll share with you some really moving um, parts from an interview that uh, the three mothers gave. Tiyadiyot and was published um, prominently in this weekend's Yitiyot Achronot magazine section. Sort of like Lahavdil, the New York Times Sunday magazine. So the three mothers... Um, Heads covered with kerchiefs or hats, hugging each other, looking into the camera. Uh, they are on the front page of um, what's called Sheva Yamin, the magazine section. Some really beautiful moments. And we'll take a look. I hope we'll have time to do this all. A little bit of an introspection. Things that I didn't want to talk about a year ago. There was There were things happening in Israeli society as a result of the kidnapping and uh, the murder that I felt were not appropriate for the times that we were going through. But I put them aside and I saved them, deciding that it would make sense to look back at them later on, and we'll do some of it today. Um, we're going now to the sounds of silence. Now that's, you're going to say, not an Israeli song, it's sung in English. But uh, there's a very special purpose to this Sounds of Silence. Those of you who remember, Simon and Garfunkel was um, the, I mean, uh, the amazing um, duet and musical uh, stars back in the day. Um, And the Sounds of Silence was their hit. Art Garfunkel, one of the two, uh, is coming to perform in Israel. They're both Jewish, by the way. 
coming to perform in Israel. He was pressured mightily by the BDS, Boycott, Divest, and Sanction movement, not to go. As you know, many artists have canceled their trips, but not Paul, not uh, Art Garfunkel. And in uh, recognition of that, as a tribute to that, several Israeli artists, Kobia Flalo, Mickey Gavrielov, Sivan Talmor, Chaim Romano, decided to go into the studio and record the sounds of silence in English with their Israeli accents. It's very cute. And of course, the name of it is D. Dalid Yud Sound, Samach Aleph Vav Nun Dalid Of. Uh, that's the way it's been um, posted it uh, came out today you know, it's brand new and we're debuting with you and, uh, hopefully you'll enjoy listening to uh, to an American classics classic uh, song with uh, Israeli accents my name is Mayor Weingart and you are tuned to the Israel show on the Nachum Siegel Network Hello darkness, my old friend I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still Restless dreams I walked alone Narrow streets of cobblestone Need a halo of a street lamp I turn my color to the cold and damp When my eyes were stabbed by the flash of a neon light That split the night and touch the sound of silence. And in the naked light I saw ten thousand people, maybe more. People talking without speaking. People hearing without listening. People running. Sounds of Silence by uh, a group of Israeli singers. And I, I hope you picked up the the accent there. The Israeli accent there was very, uh, I found it to be very cool. Hope you did as well. Mayor Weingarten, you are tuned to the, I'm Mayor Weingarten, you, <laughs> you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachman Siegel Network. Thank you. So much for making us a party today. You can join the discussion. We do uh, post. We don't post like crazy amounts, so don't worry. We post um, things that we think are important, things that we think you may not see elsewhere. 
very often we have been first to post um, things of interest, and we're proud of that. So uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, you can join the other 311. Yes, 311 people who like our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the uh, the Israel Show. Facebook.com slash the Israel Show. As we like to say, take a look. Give us a like, have a listen. Um, so much to do, and I don't know uh, what to do here first. All right, we'll we'll do this. Miri Regev, in fact, we did post about her. She is one of the new Israeli government ministers. She is a minister of culture. She has a very interesting background. Uh, she was a general in the Israeli army as head of the IDF Tzahal's Spokespersons Division. She was the head of Dover Tzahal, which is a very responsible uh, job. She's a very colorful character. She's unabashedly right-wing and tells it like it is, which, which people like. And so she's one of the young female ministers that have been appointed. The other one we know um, about and that we've also published. These are names that you should watch out for because they are already big, but they're going to be central key figures in Israeli life over the years, over the coming years. Ayelet Shaked is the Minister of Justice from the Bayit HaYehudi and Sipi Chotoveli. She is the Deputy Foreign Minister, but there is no Foreign Minister, and so her being Deputy Foreign Minister means that she does a lot of the Foreign Ministry jobs. Some people are saying like she's like the Foreign Minister. Also, very outspoken, unabashedly right-wing. Well, the Israel Festival takes place uh, every year for the, this year, the 54th year of the Israel Festival. It op- opens up in Yerushalayim every year with a very special performance. And uh, the performer to open this year's uh, Israel festival was is was Shalom Chanoch. Shalom Chanoch is a very well known and popular composer, singer, songwriter in Israel. He, for a good part of his life, was a partner with uh, Arik um, Einstein. They did a lot of stuff together. Um, but he is extremely left-wing, and unabashedly so. Extremely, I would even say, anti-religious and so forth. He's got good music, but as we know with artists today, they mix their music and their politics. Well, Miri Regev, as the government representative that's in charge of this, because she's the Minister of Culture, said she would come and give a short greeting to open the festival, which makes sense, to which Shalom Chanoch reacted like with insanity almost. There's no way that I'm going to allow her to come on my stage. I will not allow this. Now, when people started saying to him, you know, what what are you doing? What are you talking about? You you can't just do this. Um, she's a minister and so forth. He said, well, well, not against her per se. I'm against any, po- I don't want any politics. Well, it doesn't work that way in Israel, as we know. And Miri Regev stood her own. She really did. And she spoke beautifully. She spoke for only three minutes. And we're not even going to bring you all the three minutes. We're going to bring you less than one minute of what she said. And she said it so beautifully. She said, I appreciate all artists. And I like Shalom Chanoch. Yet, it's important for me to emphasize that the same pluralism that you, the artists, always tout, always champion. You can do anything in the name of art because we live in a pluralistic society. And that pluralism that gives you the freedom to create and to write and to bring out your opinions and so forth, I would have expected, she said, that this principle would also be respected when we're dealing with the worldview that is somewhat different from yours, which was such an important thing. 
Unfortunately, I find this personally very often in liberal parts of Israeli society and American society, left-wing parts of the society. They're all for freedom of expression. They're all for all kinds of freedoms. In fact, they are for making sure that the downtrodden get taken care of, that those who are maybe the parts of the society, the, the minorities and so forth, are heard. And yet, they when, when the right wing expresses opinions that they don't like, suddenly they get crazy and have all kinds of reasons why the right wing opinion should not be heard. So here's Miri Regev with, um, with her piece. And then we'll go from there to uh, Hashem Melech, a brand new version of Hashem Melech. And this one is, is from the uh, Y Studs and our dear friend uh, Robert Katz. His son um, Jason is a member of that fantastic group. So we're going to enjoy their version of Hashem Melech. So here's Miri Regev and then Hashem Melech. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thanks so much for making us a part of your day. I have to pause for one second. Did you notice how, I hope you heard it, when she got up to speak and she started and said Erev Tov, the crowd was jeering and booing. This was the respect that they gave to uh, somebody else's right to talk, no less minister, in the government of Israel. עם זאת, חשוב לי להדגיש כי בשם אותו פלורליזם המעניק לאומנים את חופש היצירה, הכתיבה, המביא ומאפשר להם להביא לביטוי את היצירות שלהם, אני מצפה שעיקרון זה יישמר ויכובד גם כשמדובר בהשקפות עולם שונות. Hashem Melech, Hashem Melech, 
Why studs? They're, I think they're the cousins of the Maccabees. Something like that. I don't know if they want to be compared at all to the Maccabees, but we're happy to play their a cappella version of Hashem Melech. Um, our good friend uh, Jason Katz is a central node in that group, and we are thrilled that they came out with it. There's a video as well. We'll post the link to the music video that goes with that, as well as links to pretty much all the other music that we play. We're going to post that, as we usually do on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. You can go there in a few hours and see it all. Um, a little later in the show, soon, going to get to uh, discussion about the one-year anniversary of the kidnapping and murder of Naftali, Gilad, and Eyal. First, we want to remind you that this is a show sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. They had a great float in the parade yesterday. Wow, that was big. And we saw the rabbi on top, Rabbi Fass. It was cool. Nefesh Benefesh provides Olim with need-based financial aid, employment resources, assistance with governmental absorption, community based guidance and support and all this comes together to make each individual's aliyah successful as possible I was talking on Shabbat with some friends about how the ceremony when you come to Israel, if you go on one of the charter flights and they're going to be coming up soon, the ceremony is so moving, you cannot you cannot hold yourself back from crying, the emotion is so great as uh, Israel welcomes an entire plane full of Olim Chadashim from the United States. Nefesh Benefesh has made Aliyah an in thing for Jews in America. For detailed information, visit their website. Yeah, go to their website. Even if you're not thinking making Aliyah tomorrow, go to their website. www.nbn Nefesh Ben Nefesh N-B-N dot O-R-G dot I-L N-B-N dot O-R-G dot I-L The Israel Show is proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh Revolutionizing Aliyah. So, I don't know if you, I don't, I don't see many movies, um, but one that I did see a number of years ago is called A Beautiful Mind, and it is a great movie. Featuring the, it's, it's like um, one of these based on a true story thing. The life of Professor John Nash, who is a, uh, one of the world's greatest mathematicians in uh, game theory. And uh, what made him different than other great mathematicians of game theory is that he suffered from paranoid schizophrenia. And uh, it's fascinating movie and story. Um, and after his disease, and they believed that he was able to conquer it after a number of years and go back to uh, functioning normally he received the Nobel Prize in economics which is the officially the category for mathematic game theory he was killed he and his wife were both killed in a, in a I, I mean just senseless almost traffic accident last week on the New Jersey Turnpike they were returning in a cab from Newark Airport there was an accident and they were both killed and you know the world lost one uh, great greatest minds. Well, we also have a genius, mathematical genius in game theory, who has won a Nobel Prize for it, and his name is Professor Yisrael Alman. You might have heard of him, an Orthodox Jew, has a long white beard, grew up, born in America, made Aliyah, lost a son in uh, the First Lebanon War, an amazingly beautiful person. And so... I guess it made sense for the Israeli media to uh, to reach out to him, to interview him, and and hear if what he had to say about Professor Nash. Turns out that they knew each other. They they taught at MIT at the same time, and so they had some interactions. They weren't very close friends and so forth, but they did have some interaction before he became sick. And I'm telling you this whole story because I just want to play with for you one clip, and the clip is not really that much about. Professor John Nash, the late John Nash, and not Kim Professor Israel Alman. It's more about the society that we live in and how the media and the world of instantaneous everything has made us all a little crazy. 
So what happens is, as the interviewing is interview is winding down, the interviewer, who, by the way, is Avri Gilad, and I respect him greatly, and we'll talk about him a little later. In his headphone, somebody says to him, ask him to explain what Nash's um, breakthrough was. So Gilad, looking at the clock, as they always do on television, says, you know, we only have 40 seconds, but could you just quickly tell us in 40 seconds what Professor Nash's great breakthrough was? Here's the clip, and you'll hear, I'll translate the answer when we end, but it's the, it's 22 seconds, but it's the last couple of seconds where Professor Alman says what I think is such a, a great lesson for us all. Here it is. With the great Gemara sing song, if it was possible to explain the game theory mathematics for which John Nash got a Nobel Prize, if it was possible to explain that in 40 seconds, he, he, he wouldn't have gotten the Nobel Prize for it. And um, I, I share it with you because it's such a important thing for us to remember. We live in a time where everybody wants everything instantaneously. Tell it to us now. Tell it to us in 40 seconds. The man spent his life developing theories in, in, in heavy mathematics that probably the, the most basic part of it I couldn't understand, but they want him, the media wants him to explain it in 40 seconds. And they're talking to another Nobel laureate. That was funny. That's just a great lesson of life. If I could explain it in 40 seconds, he wouldn't have gotten the Nobel Prize. As we promised, we're going to dedicate the rest of the show to introspection, looking back at one year ago with the kidnapping and murder of what the world has come to lovingly call the three boys, but I don't like to use that phrase. First of all, Eyal Yifrach was already 18. He's not a boy. And the other two were young men already. A couple of years they'd be in the army. Naftali, Frankel, Gilad, Sher, Eyal Yifrach brought together a people, not just the people who live in Israel, the people of Israel throughout the world. They brought us together in, in an amazing way that's really hard to explain. If you think about it, people people get killed, unfortunately, all the time. People get run over by by um, Arab um, terrorists in Yerushalayim over the last few months. And it doesn't have the same effect, probably because of the mystery of it that continued for 18 days and that kept everybody's rapt attention. I dare say if they would have been found dead immediately, it would have been a story for sure, but not like it became. It became a story because every day that went by, more and more people became a part of the caring and a part of the family. They felt that they're part of the family and... Because the families, the three families, who were very similar backgrounds, were really heroes to so many, and especially the mothers who were out in front, who are very special people. Rachele Frankel I, I, is my hero. I mean, she's literally become my hero. A tremendous inspiration. And so many things that she did and said and continues to do and say. And so all these things came together. I think the people of Israel were able to see a different side of people that they would, some people would pejoratively call the settlers. 
They saw wonderful people, people that were open, people um, that were very, let's say, wanting to connect with the general public of Israel. And look, if you think about it, the Sher family invited Yair Lapid to be one of the eulogizers at the funeral. And that says a lot about who these families are. But before we go into some of the, some of the beautiful parts of the recollection, there were, there were things happening in Israel with the beginning of the kidnapping that I, I personally didn't speak about. I don't think it was touched upon here in America. It was touched upon in Israel. But very, uh, just a drop. And mostly, even the journalists in Israel said, this isn't for now. This, this is something we have to deal with later. Right after the kidnapping was announced, a journalist by the name of Ranan Shaked, very left wing, posted on his Facebook page, and I'm reading you the quote, at moments like this, when we hear about the kidnapping that took place, of course, right outside of Alon Shvut in Yehuda, places that people like Ranan Shaked believe the Jewish people don't belong. The, the heart of every parent in Israel, every parent is thinking, these people are nuts. Meturlalim is a, a, a word for crazy people. These crazy people take their children with them to live in the quote-unquote shtachim. Shtachim, by the way, is shorthand for hashtachim hakvushim, the conquered territories, the occupied territories how insensitive a person has to be to say such a thing when the three boys are are still missing. Of course, he got tremendous flack for that and he took down the post very soon after. But enough people saw it and it became an issue. I dare say that we saw similar expressions of, uh, I don't know, craziness here in, in Brooklyn, the Satmar Rebbe said basically the same thing. The people responsible for the kidnapping are the parents who sent them to, uh, to, to go to school in Alon Shvot. And I thought, I, I was shocked, and I thought it couldn't be, it just couldn't be, that there are people in Israel who feel this way. And, Later that day, or the next day, I heard Yaron London, who is a well-known journalist, writer, smart, very smart, very left-wing, very secular, has a daily show that Nachum and I <laughs> like to joke about, called London and Kirschenbaum. Yaron London, it was like a mea culpa. It was an introspection. He criticized his own sector, his people, the pe- his milieu, the people that he hangs with. And he said, I have to admit that many people that I know, my friends, my social circle, see the mityashvim, the mitnachlim, as zarim, as strangers, not as brothers. And then he, we're going to play the clip in a minute, you'll hear it. He's, he starts to say like they are from another nation, Am Acher, and he quickly catches himself before he says the whole word Am, and he says Shevet Acher, another tribe. But clearly, he really wanted to say Am Acher, but understood how harmful that would be. There is, in Israel, unfortunately, a a, a part of the a sector in the population it's small in number 
but it's important in its influence. That see religious Zionist people who live in Talmon, like the Shars do, or in Elad, or in other places. They see in them crazies. Like Ranan Shaket said, they see in them people that are nuts. And they also see in them people that are hurting the general state of Israel because in their minds, the fact that Israel, quote-unquote, holds on to the occupied territories is bad for Israel. And if only, you know, they're living in this la-la land, if only we would be willing to give it up, everything would be terrific. And he says, Yaron London, this journalist and writer of the left, he says, I am sorry to say that this morning, this was Friday, you know, the morning that uh, it was, Lo kulam nora mudagim hayom. Unlike, let's say, the Gilad Shalit case, where you were speaking about the typical Ashkenazi secular living in the, within the quote-unquote green line, where everybody cared and concerned and came out and protested. Here he says, Lo kulam no hayom. We have to say that, he says. I'm going to play that clip for you. I think it's important. It's important for us to know that there is a part of Israeli society and its leadership, even someone like Yaron London, who's a leader, I would say, within that community, is sad to see that that's the way it is. But he says we need to recognize that there is, that this is the truth. He didn't say that there's something wrong with it, but it's clear that that is what he's saying. Yeah, somebody tried to interrupt him there and he just wanted to keep going and say, again, emphasize, not everybody is so upset this morning and we need to say it in a strong way. And one other, one other, if you will, um, snapshot from uh, Israeli society. And again, this, this, I think this fits in very much with things that we spoke about before the election with Yair Garbus who got up at, um, the election campaign of the, uh, of the left of the Marach and said, you know, how is it that a small group of people who, uh, bow down, uh, prostrate themselves and daven at uh, Kvarim that they've taken over the country. This elitist look by a very small minority of people who think they're the majority and who can't make peace with the fact that they are not the majority. We we try to focus on that a little bit. It's important to know. Well, Avri Gilad is a I believe one, I'm a big fan of his. He's a journalist. He has a, he's a host of the morning show in Israel. He also was on the radio for a very long time. He now hosts three times a week an evening show at, um, called, uh, Shevaim Avri Gilad on Channel 20, which is a more, uh, traditional right wing station. Avri Gilad started his career in Galay Tzahal. He was one of the people on the left. And over the years, as he uh, gave things thought and saw what happened, moved into the center. He's not on the right, he's in the center. He's totally a secular Jew. He grew up in a home that he says was atheistic, and he believed, his father was a Holocaust survivor. And he says he probably would define himself as an atheist as well. On his morning show, during the 18 days of the kidnapping, he initiated the following... He invited Rav David Stav, the head of Rabbanei Tzohar, to come to the studio and to say a 
Perek Tehillim, word, uh, line by line, together with all the people that are watching the show. They had the words of each line, as Rav Stav said, at the bottom of the screen, so that people who are not familiar with it can read along. And Avri Gilad, who, who says, I'm an atheist, and who says, I don't believe that there's a God that is listening and is going to do something because of our prayer, but he initiated this. He took out a big yarmulke, put it on his head, not a small little one, a big yarmulke, and Rav Stav got up, and they had a shtender, and just like you'd be in yeshiva, Shir HaMalot, Mimama Kim Kati Hashem, and then everybody said it along. And the words at the bottom of the screen. It was so touching. It was so moving. This is on a secular morning show on Israeli television. Week after that, Avri Gilad on his radio show gave us a peek behind the scenes of what reactions he got from the people on the left, from that small group who are so anti-everything Jewish. And I'm going to play it for you. I'll translate only a little part of it, but he says that journalists wrote about that morning. One of the leading journalists wrote that he is um, nauseous. He was nauseated by that display of religion on the television, turning television into uh, into like a shul. And Gilad says, this is a leading journalist who I used to have respect for, but now I can't look at him. And he says, you have to understand that I am secular, I don't believe in tefillah. And yet I am sad and scared that there are people who can see in the reading of a parak Tehillim something hurtful. And he said the reason he did it is because that's what Jews did. And that's what Jews do over the centuries when there is a difficult situation. Whether I believe or not, or whether you believe or not, doesn't matter. We are part of a Jewish people. I find it fascinating that this is coming from a totally secular person. We do it because that's what Jews do. And he says something is so wrong in our people that can't stomach anything that smacks of Judaism. Here's Avri Gilad uh, a week later on his show uh, Hamila HaAcharona. אני חוויתי את זה אישית לפני שבוע בתוכנית הבוקר הרהבתי עוז בנפשי ועשיתי את החוצפה של הזמנתי את הרב דוד סתיו וביחד קראנו פרק תהילים כדי שישורו החטופים לביתם אני, אני, יודע, אני נתקל בתגובות הרבה יותר חמורות זוועה ובחילה תיאר את זה אחד מבחירי העיתונאים שעד שהוא כתב את שתי המילים האלה בנוגע לאמירת פרק תהילים בטלוויזיה, זוועה ובחילה, אני הערכתי אותו והיום, תאמין לי, אני לא יכול לראות את השם שלו יותר מול הפרצוף שלי. אני כמובן אדם חילוני, תפילה היא לא ממנהגי, אני לא מאמין אפילו בתפילה, אבל נראה לי שאם א' המשפחות מבקשות, ואם זה דבר שיהודים עושים, אז זה דבר שאפשר לעשות אותו, ואם אתה מתחבר אליו או לא מתחבר אליו, זה עניין פרטי שלך, אתה, אתה, לא, אתה לא חייב. אני מסתובב מאז, שהדבר, מאז שהגל הקטן הזה עבר לי אה, מעל הראש, ושותפים לו הרבה אנשי תקשורת. שגינו את האקט הזה ועדיין מגנים אותו והשתמשו באמת במילים עם זה, אני מסתובב בעצב גדול. כי אומנם אני בבית אתאיסטי ואני יכול אפילו לקרוא לעצמי כך באיזשהו אופן, אבל הפחד, השנאה, הדחייה, אי ההיכרות מכל מה שמריח יהדות, הוא לא סביר ולא קביל בעיניי בכלל. זאת אומרת, לראות בקריאת פרק תהילים אקט פוגעני שבגללו אתה עומד על הרגליים האחוריות שלך ואומר עד כאן זה, זה מקולקל מאוד מאוד. I think that there's been a shift in Israel over the last years where, at, where if at 40 years ago religion was in the corner 
It was something that just a group of people did. That today, the religious part of the nationality of Judaism is being dealt with. There's a conversation between the secular and the, not the religious Jew necessarily, but the secular and the Jewish religion in a way that I think is very healthy. And that was one example of it. Avri Gilad on the show that he no longer has, ran for decades called Hamilaha Acharona. Every Thursday they would um, have a Dvar Torah about the Parshat HaShavua. Now this show pitted a religious and a secular Jew against each other, so to speak. And that was supposed to make it interesting. So who gave the Dvar Torah every week about the parasha? No, not the religious one. Avri Gilad, the secular Jew. And it was amazing because he, he, I sometimes repeated over some of his great, his great thoughts about the parsha. He said, this week's parsha is so and so and we read in the parsha. And here's something that Rashi said and I think this. And you're saying, so this is, this guy says he's an atheist. He's a secular Jew. But he feels that the Torah is part of his nachla as well. And he wants to have a conversation with it. And I think that's amazing. It's an, an amazing turning point in Israeli society that I think the lines are getting a little blurred between what we used to call, or the definitions, I should say, of quote-unquote secular and quote-unquote religious, these these definitions and the lines that that create the boundaries of each, I think, are starting to get blurred. The fact that so much Israeli secular quote-unquote music are to words from the Mikorot, Piyutim, Tfilot, which started with the Anavachoach of Avadya Hamama years ago, and is, is huge now, is a big part of it. Okay, running out of time, what can I do? I'm sorry, had a lot more, maybe we'll do it next time. One thing I do want to do, first of all, I want to point out that the uh, the three families have gotten together and uh, want you to participate in something called Unity Day. It's uh, this coming Wednesday. I will post on the website links to the website to the. Uh, I will post on our Facebook page links to the Unity Day website, and you can get more information about it there. Um, one of the things that most that moved me most, and I want to share with you before we close out with the, the song Tach Libra, was uh, Racheli Frankel early on in this. Uh, episode a year ago where her son and two friends were kidnapped. She came to the Kotel and uh, as she, they were walking towards the Kotel, they were met in the plaza by a group of school children, probably nine-year-old school children, ten-year-old, and they saw her and they saw the families and they came running over to her and they said to her with, with excitement, you know, we prayed for your sons, we prayed for your sons. And she was so thankful, and she said to them, I thank you so much. And I believe that everything will work out, she said. I believe that everything will work out, but I want to make sure that you understand that if it doesn't work out the way we want it to, you shouldn't lose emunah, you shouldn't lose your trust, your faith. You shouldn't lose the friendship and the unity that you have. Because... Elohim lo oved etzlenu. God is not our employee. We don't get to put a dollar bill called tefillah into a vending machine and expect that we're going to get out from God exactly what we wanted for the dollar. And I was amazed by the strength of this woman during the hell that she was going through to say that. So I want to play that for you. And uh, we'll then close out with Ptach uh, Libcha, which is the song that was written by, uh, the initiative was uh, from the friends of um, Gilad and Naftali. They also take part in the singing of it, uh, together with many, many artists, Kobe Aflalo, David Broza, Ishai Ribo, Yonatan Razel, Avram Fried, and others. Uh, we'll do both of those right after we 
Say thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, an encore presentation of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, followed by headlines with David Lichtenstein. And then, for the rest of the day, the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday. Following JM and the AM. This is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.
cancelan un 